as you take your attention to the screens.
This is always one of my favorite times of the year, and uh, for most of these young men, I have uh, watched them grow up, and uh, so we get to celebrate this uh, end of one chapter and the beginning of a new chapter uh, in their lives. Introducing your graduates this morning, Matthew Dean, son of Dr. Kevin and Amy Dean. is graduating from Westbrook High School. Matthew's favorite events were helping with VBS each year, Westgate bas basketball camps, and Awanas. His favorite mem memory is running around playing hide and seek in the church with his brother and friends when they were little. <laughs> Matthew plans to attend Texas A&M University Seeking a degree in business management, and this young man has his priorities straight with plans to own his own business and buy his dad a Porsche. <laughs> Matthew Dean. Isaac James DeVille. I feel like I'm at a BISD graduation. <laughs> Son of Jay and Kim DeVille, graduating from home, uh, home, graduating from Hope Homeschool. I believe is valedictorian, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Isaac's favorite events were VBS, D-Now, mission trips, and basketball on Sunday nights. His favorite memory was dancing his heart out at Vacation Bible School. Another plug for VBS there, folks. <laughs> Isaac plans to attend Lamar Institute of Technology, seeking a degree in accounting, and plans to start his own construction business. Mr. Isaac James DeVille. <laughs> Mason McGraw. Son of David and Leah McKinney. Mason is graduating from Westbrook High School. And Mason's favorite events were going to Hot Hearts, Wednesday nights, and playing with the orchestra. His favorite memory is of Hot Hearts 2020. Mason plans to join the United States Navy and become an aviation ordnance man. Rody Todd Rasa. Son of Ronnie and Michelle Rasa, graduating from Westbrook High School. Rody's favorite memories are all of his time at summer camps. His favorite memory is the way that I was always welcomed at Awana's, VBS, and camp even before I was a member. Rody plans to attend Lamar University seeking a degree in education and plans to become a teacher. Mr. Rody Todd Rasa. <laughs> Speed Edward Rasa. And I'm glad I didn't have to tell him apart. Also son of Ronnie and Michelle Rasa, graduating from Westbrook High School. Speed's favorite 
uh, memories was that of church camp and basketball camp. His favorite memory is learning verses at Awana and how excited everyone would be. He plans to attend Lamar University seeking a degree in education and also plans to become a teacher. Mr. Speed Edward Rasa. Juro Jacob Shakich. Son of Casey and Stippo Shakich is graduating from Westbrook High School. Jacob's favorite memories is that of the Awana car races, VBS, Hot Hearts, and Youth Camp. His favorite memory is that of playing ping pong in the youth room, being baptized with his sister, memorizing scripture each week, and earning Awana Challenge Awards. Everybody sit up straight. Jacob plans to attend the University of Texas. Seeking a degree in physics and plans to work in the field of physics research. Mr. Jacob Shockage. Let's have one more round of applause for our 2022 graduating seniors. Thank you, gentlemen. You may be seated. And just on a, a, a personal note, as we transition into this next uh, time uh, of worship, I have served in just about every role of Vacation Bible School. The longest tenure is as a tribal leader. It is the most rewarding and the best thing that you will do every year. It's also one of the easiest. And it's the most fun because you get to go to everybody else's event. And so, if you've never been a tribal leader or you've been a tribal leader and just don't think you want to be a tribal leader again, you need to rethink that. And Jana will be in the foyer immediately following the service, and uh, you need to stop by and, uh, and visit with her about being a tribal leader this year at Vacation Bible School. Because the more tribal leaders we have, the more children we're able to minister to. And then also one final note, uh, if you did not receive a necklace uh, last week uh, as part of Mother's Day, uh, please see us at the Connection Center after the service, and we will get that taken care of. Thank you, Jeff. Let's all stand together as we continue our time of worship through singing and praising the Lord.
There's a peace I've come to know. Though my heart and flesh may fail, there's an anchor for my soul. I can say. Rain is over well. 
Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful to you that we have that promise, that hope, that you have conquered the grave. Jesus has overcome. And one day you'll call us into your presence. And then when you return again, our bodies will rise from the grave. And we'll be victoriously in your presence for all of eternity. Thank you for what you've done for us. May you bless this time, dear Heavenly Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, first of all, we're really proud of you. And uh, secondly, where are the girls? <laughs> this, is a, this is a unique situation. I think it's the first time we've had a graduating class with absolutely no ladies joining us. But you guys look good nonetheless, and I'm sorry you have to sit on the front pew. Um, <laughs> but that's part of this big day. It is, it is your day. And I hope you guys will always remember this day in which your church family said, you are so important that we're going to set aside an entire day just to affirm and encourage you guys. Now, I know you're creeped out by me wearing this jacket. Uh, but it's a reminder that the things that we think are really important right now during your time are not the same things that will seem so important later on. This was one of my most treasured possessions when I was in high school. I remember when I made the varsity baseball team my junior year, and my mom went out and bought a glove for me. Uh, we were a, a very um, low-income family, and she took me to Tucson, Arizona, and she bought a $75 Rawlings glove. It's one of my most prized possessions now. And then I uh, got this jacket after lettering varsity and then was able to Letter again my senior year, varsity as well as varsity football. It once was a very big treasure to me, but if you look on the collar, you can see that the moths treasure it more than I do now. <laughs> Just hangs in a closet. And in fact, um, I usually don't get too nervous when I get up to speak, but I felt really nervous today because I knew this was just gonna be really weird. And I feel really weird sitting here, but I wanted this to be a visual reminder to you about what we're gonna talk about uh, today. What you guys value most right now is not gonna be the same as what you value most when you're 25 or 35 or even 62, like I am. So we wanna, in, inside the, the uh, gift bag that we gave you, there's a book called Better Decisions, Fewer Regrets, and I hope you'll read that because it talks about this idea that there, there's a very predictable destination for our decisions, the ones that we make. And it talks about having fewer regrets. All of us in this room that are older than you wish that we had fewer regrets. Can I get a little bit of an amen? amen? Yeah, that's probably every last one of us and the people that aren't amening or they're just not listening. Because <laughs> we all have these regrets. You know, there's actually a field of study. None of you guys are going into this. I, I understood as we talked about your future, but there's actually a field of study called wrongology. 
I'm not making this up. It's the study of wrong. Why? Because there's so much wrong in the world. We make uh, wrong decisions, we make wrong choices, we have wrong thinking. So there's actually a field of study to try to figure out why we make all of these wrong decisions. It's not uncommon for all of us to think that we're right most of the time about most everything. And your parents would concur, right? Yeah, even as adults, we think that we're right a lot. All bad ideas once started out as good ideas. We had an idea. It was a bad idea from the beginning. But we thought it was a good idea. We thought it'd be helpful. We thought it'd be wise. We thought it'd be beneficial. And as we talk today, I want to encourage you guys to think about your decisions. Because even though you have what seems to be a great idea, it really may be a bad idea. You ever made a bad decision? Had a bad idea? Do you know about Ronald, uh, Ronald Wayne? Never heard of him, right? Okay. Relative, creepy uncle or something like that. Yeah. Ronald Wayne was one of three guys that founded... Do you guys have any phones with you by chance? Anybody have an iPhone by chance? Yeah. Have you ever heard of a company called Apple? Yeah. Ronald Wayne was with Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs. And on April 1st, April Fool's Day, 1976, a year before I graduated, they founded Apple. And Ronald Wayne was the guy who came up with the logo. And it's not the logo that they use now. The logo that he used was Newton sitting under an apple tree with an apple falling down. And they, they transitioned to another logo that we, we see today. And he had a 10% share in Apple when they started, 1976. Twelve days into the process, though, he decided that it was a bad idea. And so he sold his 10% for $800, and then he got another $1,200 a year later just to guarantee that he would never have claims on Apple again. He's 87 now. And today, he would be the richest man in the world if he hadn't made that bad decision. It was Lillian Nixon, who was a missionary, that said, life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you wish, but you only get to spend it once. Guys, you're only going to get to spend your one and only life one time. And, and thus, we want to talk for just a couple of minutes about being very careful because decisions shape our lives and our decisions, our people are the ones who influence our decisions. Have you ever read the book of Proverbs? Hope you have. Hope you read it many times. That book of Proverbs was written for a guy named Rehoboam, Solomon's son. Solomon had many sons. We talk about Father Abraham having many sons. Solomon had many sons, 700 wives, 300 concubines, many sons. But Rehoboam was one of his oldest. In fact, he must have been the oldest because he became heir to the throne when Solomon died. I want to tell you a very brief story from 1 Kings chapter 12. After Solomon died, Rehoboam had the chance to become the king. In fact, he was the heir apparent. And they were getting ready to anoint him as the ruler over all of the kingdom. The same kingdom that 
Solomon had ruled, and David had ruled, and Saul had ruled. But before they anointed him as king, they wanted to know if he was going to treat them the same way that his dad Solomon did, because Solomon was a very tough taskmaster. In fact, Solomon had a rich kingdom, but he did that because he was so hard on the people. And so they said in 1 Kings chapter 12, beginning verse 4, your father put a very heavy yoke upon us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke, and we will serve you. So Rehoboam answered them, go away for three days and then come back to me. He is about to do. Did you ever study King George III? Do you remember him? He did the same kind of thing. He looked at the colonies over in the United States, which weren't the United States yet, and he looked at them and he said, you are here to serve me, and so I am going to do everything I can to make your life miserable, and what happened? He lost the kingdom. Rehoboam did the same thing. So the king then decided that he would consult with the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, these people that want me to lighten their load, lower the taxes, if you will? They replied, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. Serve them rather than them serving you. Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders and consulted the young men who he had grown up with and who were serving with him. And because of that one bad decision, he lost the kingdom. Why? Because decisions shape our life and people influence our decisions. That one decision, decision, could you guys bring me that water over there, Jeff? These guys are making me very thirsty. I'm not sure why. Thank you. Because of that one bad decision and the people that he ran around with, he lost everything. This guy who was given the book of Proverbs didn't heed it. And so consequently, his life became an illustration of foolishness. Thinking a bad idea is still a bad idea. If you think a bad idea is a good idea, it's still a bad idea. And Rehoboam thought his bad idea was a good idea, but it was still a bad idea. There's a thing called the law of accumulation. That means that every single decision, decision that you make, repeated over time, will determine your destiny. Decision after decision after decision will accumulate, and it will dictate, literally, your future. I'll tell you about Bob Goff, if you read him. Bob Goff is a best-selling author, incredible speaker. You may have heard his podcast. Millions and millions of people listen to him. And he was sharing his strategy for keeping his focus into the future because he's a guy that likes to live in the moment. And you guys like to live in the moment? Yeah, a lot of us do. But he gets so fixated in the moment, he forgets about what's coming next. And so he's come up with a strategy in which he talks to Bob plus 10. He literally talks to himself. You guys do that ever? Not going to admit it. Yeah, I understand. I do. I talk to myself. He talks to Bob plus 10. And what he does is he's saying, okay, Bob, 10 years into the future, 
what should my life be like then? And he thinks about where he wants to be 10 years from now, and then he takes that advice from Bob plus 10, and he brings it back into the present so he can get to the future. It's kind of like Back to the Future, if you ever saw that show, okay? And that's the idea here, is for you to make, have the understanding that this decisions that you make will shape your life, even the decisions you've made thus far. And people influence our decisions. There's a danger of peer influence. And Mason, I'm especially concerned for you because you're going into the military. And you're going to be running around with a lot of guys that are away from home for the very first time, just like people in college, but on steroids. And we know that the military can be crazy. And peer influence can have a deadly effect on us. The problem with peer influence is there's just not enough collective wisdom yet. There's not enough adequate experience. It doesn't mean that they don't have value. It's just that they don't have enough experience yet in life. A daughter was trying to explain to her father why she always disobeyed what he asked her to do. And she said this to him. Just because I've always done the exact opposite of what you've suggested doesn't mean I don't value your advice. Taking this approach has allowed me to have a lot of fun in life. Well, maybe, but it will also lead to probably a lot of regrets. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He who talks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. What do you think about old people? Let's talk about it for a second. What do you think about old people? Be honest, we're in church. <laughs> They're wise. What else? They what? You like hearing old people's stories. Now, this is disconcerting, Isaac, because I said, what do you think about old people, and you said, I like hearing your stories. <laughs> You're right, I am old. Okay. <laughs> so what else? Do they ever bother you? Irritate you? Now, now we're getting some responses here, yeah. <laughs> kind of like their know-it-alls and all that kind of stuff. You know, old people aren't necessarily smart people who've just grown up. They may very well be just dumb people who are smart enough to learn from their experiences. Now, if you had seen me in high school, you would have never guessed that I would be sitting here talking to you. I barely made double digits on my ACT. Seriously. And I know some of you guys are like, you got to be kidding. Especially Jacob, Mr. MIT there. But, you know, you don't have to be smart. You just gain experience as you go through life. Steve Richards is a man from San Antonio that said this, listen to your elders, not because they're always right, but because they're more experienced at being wrong. That's why we tell you guys these things, because we've got the experience of being wrong. Mark Twain was the one who supposedly said, good judgment is the result of experience, and experience the result of bad judgment. Proverbs, back to Solomon, writing to Rehoboam. He said, the glory of youth is their strength. You're an athlete. 
You're strong. You have energy. But the glory of the aged is experience. They've got experience to know what's the best thing to do. Proverbs 23, 29 is one of my favorites because it talks about if we're not careful, we will end up with needless bruises in our life. What is a needless bruise? Something that doesn't have to happen, right? It's needless, but it happens. So as we talk with you guys and pray for you guys, we're going to pray for you in just a minute. We're going to be praying that you would have, you'd make better decisions and have fewer regrets because, let me just ask you a question. Okay, which of you guys is probably the best writer? Got a lot of looking here. Any of you guys writers? Any of you anticipate writing a book? Jacob, I know you're going to be doing a lot of research, so you'll be in a lot of books, but any of you guys plan on writing a book? Not at this point. Did you know you're already an author? You're already writing a book. The book of Revelation tells us that the end of time when we stand before the judgment the books will be opened the books of our lives that chronicles everything that we did so you are writing a book with your life the only question is what kind of book are you writing that's why it's important for you to allow other people older people hopefully wiser people to speak into your life in Africa they have a proverb that says whenever an old person dies a library burns. All of their wisdom and knowledge is gone. So it's wise for you to speak and allow, the, allow other people to speak into your life. So I want to leave you with three thoughts today. And you're thinking these are the three points of the message. No, we're, we're done. Three points, three practices for you guys to put into your life so that you will make better decisions and have fewer regrets. Stay close to God, stay close to his book, and stay close to his people. Can you say that back with me? Stay close to God, stay close to his book, stay close to his people. If you will make God the highest priority of your life and read his Bible as if it is directed specifically to you, because it is, and allow it to speak into your life. Remember, Rehoboam didn't read Scripture. Proverbs is Scripture. The same Proverbs that Jesus read, Rehoboam didn't read, and because of that, it cost him the kingdom. Stay close to God, stay close to his book, and stay close to his people. Now, if the odds are correct, most all of you will fall away from church after you graduate from high school. You'll go on a different path, you'll, you'll think to yourself, uh, unwisely so, that the church is not very important and you'll pursue other things. Uh, if you were here last week, you heard me say that uh, oftentimes people treat church like a convenience store. We only go there when we need something, and then when we get there, we complain about it, not having everything that we want, and it costs too much. And most Americans treat the church just like that. Just show up when I need something, and it's convenient, but then we don't like it because it doesn't have everything that I want, and it costs too much. I want to encourage you guys to stay close to God's people, the church. When people say, I don't have any use for the church, they're saying, I don't have any use for God's people. 
Find a church wherever you are. Some of you guys are staying local. Some of you guys are moving away. Find a church and stay close to God's people. Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, died uh, by the Third Reich, World War II. In fact, he died just a couple of weeks before the end of the war. And he was executed for his faith and his resistance against Hitler. He's written extensively about Christian discipleship, and he made this statement that I hope you'll never forget. Satan doesn't fill us with hatred of God, but with forgetfulness of God. Don't forget God. You guys have been here long enough to know that I end these messages by saying that God loves you, and I want you six guys to know this. The others are kind of listening in, many are not, but you six guys, this is for you. Never, ever, ever forget that God loves you. And he's created you to have a personal relationship with him. Not a casual, distant, whenever relationship, but a relationship that impacts everything in your life. But the problem for us is our sin. And you're about to get exposed to a lot more sin than you've seen ever in your life. Sin separates us from God. It prevents us from having a relationship with God. But thankfully, Jesus Christ can make us right with God. He can wipe away all of our sins from the past, the present, and the future and make us right with God. And all we have to do is humbly repent of our sins. That means we turn away from our sins and turn to God, surrender our life completely to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So I want to lead us in a prayer for anybody that's maybe listening in or maybe one of you six guys has never fully surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and invite him to be the Lord and Savior of your life and then we're going to pray for you. So let's pray together, all of us, okay? Lord, thank you for these six men that sit in front of us. We celebrate what you were doing in their life. This milestone, this accomplishment, this achievement. What a great privilege it is to affirm them and encourage them. We pray even now that you would truly allow them to stay close to you and to your word and to your people. And if any of these six guys or anyone in this room or those listening online have never fully surrendered their life to you, that they would begin the process, starting a relationship with you by voicing a life-changing prayer like this, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner in desperate need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to you all that I am and all that I have, and I will follow hard after you the remaining days of my one and only life. Lord, we don't know what the future holds for any of us. And if research and statistics prove true, we know that probably five out of six of these guys will walk away from the church. But we pray against that. We pray that they would be the exception to those stats, that each of these six men would follow hard after you every day of their life. Lord, that they would stay close to you. They would stay close to your word. They would stay close to your people. Might they always remember the moment they're about to experience when your people, your church, surrounded them and prayed for them, that they would indeed make better decisions and have fewer regrets. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Guys, if you are tempted to walk away from the church, which you will be, 
in the very near future. One of the reasons we pray for you at the end of this service is because, number one, we love you, and we believe in prayer, and we want one of the last memories that you have of graduating from high school to remember a church that prayed around you. So that when someone tells you, all oh, the church only cares about itself, it's irrelevant. You can at least remember one moment in your life when the church wasn't irrelevant and it demonstrated how much it loves you. So if you would spread out all across the front of the sanctuary here so each of you are spaced out evenly so people can come around you and pray for you individually. And then you as a church family, I'm going to invite you to, to make your way down here in just a moment. And there's so many things that you could pray for them about. Uh, and we treasure that. But we pray that you would allow other people to voice a one or two or three sentence prayer over their life and no one would just monopolize. And, and the parents of these students, we'd love for you to pray over them as well and you'll have a chance to pray over them at our lunch in just a couple of minutes. But if right now you as a church family would make your way to the front and pray for them with the desire that they would stay close to God, that they would stay close to his word, that they would stay close to his people so that they would make better decisions and have fewer regrets. So as we sing this song, let's all respond and, and move down to pray over these men.
Great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? If you did not get a chance to come and pray for one of these graduates, you can still do that after the service. Let me remind you, Jan is going to be back in the atrium by the welcome desk. If you want to sign up for a, vol for a volunteer or sign up your child for a vacation Bible school, please go see her, okay? God bless you. Have a great week.